You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Impact Dynamics. And now, over to your host. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision... Pre, 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 um, Andy, you're, you're on tonight. You're on. Hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. You're here with Rusty and my name is Andy. Yeah, true. This is episode number one hundred and fifty-three, uh, and so far we are off to a flyer. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad you remember, or well, you know what? Um, <laughs> I know what episode you're up to. Yeah, that that's it. Good. I good. just rock up for the free beer. <laughs> <laughs> Who said anything about free beer? Anyway, that's all right. Good. Here we go. Josh, you got noise playing? Oh, that's Andy. Andy's the one uh, got the podcast playing. Someone, someone's uh, might might have been me. Oh, it was Josh. Happy Thank birthday, you. Josh! By the way, Thank you. yeah, pressing buttons and uh, and blowing out candles. What's that's it like to be eighteen again? <laughs> Pretty good, actually. Pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Looks eighteen. Oh, very good. Excellent. Cool. Well, uh, here we are. No butters tonight. Hooray! Hooray! Um, No, we had we had butters on last week, which is excellent. Always good to chat to uh, the Territorian. Was Uh, and and in butters related news, uh, the heat strike open has uh, opened for members, and by the time this podcast goes out in audio form, it will be open for. we open for everyone to uh, mm. to join in and uh, and go along to. So you booked in. I am in. I am ready. No, I am in. I am not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I am in. And for the first time ever, mm. I booked into a Perius match. Oh, awesome! Yeah. yeah. So um, there we go. If you if you want another reason to uh, to go to Darwin, beating yep. me is probably a, yeah <laughs> good. You at least guarantee one further place up the ranking <laughs> is uh, is probably a good reason to go. No, no, you'll you'll sh- you'll show your true colours. Yeah, I'm the, sure you'll shine. No, no, I, no. The first one, I'll show my true colours. <laughs> so the, these things are not compatible. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be really exciting. I'm yep. really uh, really keen for that. You have never been to Darwin for a match. Have you no. been to Darwin? I've been to Darwin okay. for a stopover. I think oh, right. we moseyed on up to Asia. To, sort of I was going to say, way. where do you go from Darwin? <laughs> but okay, all right, you've stopped um, over in Darwin. Yeah, but uh, yeah, never really checked out the the place itself. So I'm mm-hmm. pretty pretty excited to do a few of the sightseeing and oh, yeah. bits and pieces. But even along, like on the way up there. Um, oh, we're not, we, let's, let's not delve into that too much. We got a few oh, things okay. planned, but we, I think we'll save that for a future episode. Because uh, I mean, on the way up there, I'm just going to be asleep. So that's <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> we have some plans for the way up there, so uh, we we look forward to that. Mm. Uh, the The match is great. It is it is a brilliant match. It's yep. a really good environment. Darwin's a pretty laid back place, and uh, and the match uh, follows suit. It's it's really mm. uh, really chilled out. It's good. Interesting weather to shoot in. It's always yes. muggy and humid, but not as bad as a wet season. So August is a beautiful time to do it. Generally, you look for the temperature for the you know, the, mm-hmm. the four or five days, six days, however long you're going to be there mm-hmm. for. And it's it hovers between, there's a bit of variation, it hovers between about 31 mm-hmm. and 32 degrees. Yeah, nice. so there's a bit of temperature fluctuation to worry about with your ammo. But aside from that, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's fantastic, fantastic place to be. Mm. So uh, that, is, uh, that is what's going on uh, with, with the PRS stuff. Yep. Um, what else? What else is happening, Andy? Um, well, I've been... I guess the last match, uh, last range day, I was uh, RO for the day. Oh, and, hello. Um, is that yeah. your, no, that's not your first one, is it? No. No, no, no I've been say, RO plenty of times. Right. Well, it's all wonderful highlight then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> no, but I Carry mean, on. It's, it's, one of the, it's one of those things I enjoy to do, uh, enjoy doing. Um, mm-hmm. Being part of a club, you know, you try and you help out where you can and you, you 
you know you want to try and grow the grow the club and all that sort of stuff but it is good i guess going to a range and not focusing on shooting sometimes it's nice to step back and watch other people do it and mm. and help out where you can but not be like nagging <laughs> <laughs> like tell everyone they're doing it wrong <laughs> but, okay, um, fair enough but, each to their own yeah but it is um no it was a really good day i had a had a few new guys up there who were yep. getting into it um just giving them a crack on the 22 and the 23 and mm. let them sling a few of my rounds down the range. Um, Brilliant. I had a few to burn up. So, mm. yeah, nah, and they, you know, I love seeing them walk away with big smiles and not realising how easy it can be. <laughs> yeah, it can be really daunting when you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yeah, nice, man. Well, we, we wanted to get into a little bit of that tonight, actually, but mm-hmm. we've got a couple of things, uh, a couple of other things to uh, to make mention. But, we cool. yeah, we, we want to get into um, – Maybe some first shooting experiences and how yep. we got into it and all that sort of stuff because, uh, yeah, we sort of we often forget that uh, and you, you sort of yeah. you know you go to those ROing or we're watching some new guys come up and you're like, oh yeah, I guess yeah, that's mm. right. I didn't I didn't understand that either. And you you, yep. you know sometimes I've been so delved into it and you, mm-hmm. you you're so far along the path, not not necessarily an expert or anything, but just yep. it, a lot of the basic stuff just is natural and. and mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you've done it for so long that you sort of forget what it was like and the, yeah. the magic and the joy of like, oh, my gosh, 200 metres? Are you serious? That's yeah. a long way. <laughs> um, that's it. Yeah, and, and it, it, uh, it's, uh, it's wonderful to see that on people's faces. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah when that's they, it. When they, they hear that ding come back from 500 metres and they're mm. just over the moon. It's yeah, awesome. That, so. Yeah. Yeah, but speaking of 500 metres, um, I uh, we had some, some gear update. Uh, so this is uh, the DFATs, which are these little optical um, collimators that mm-hmm. go on the end of your scope. Uh, and these have just arrived back in. They haven't been in Australia for quite a while, and we have picked them up at Scope Down. Um, but um, not as not as a full plug here, but they're a cool little thing to use. And so that yep. the idea is that they allow your scope to focus down to – what, six, uh, I get these numbers wrong, but, you know, sort of six feet, mm-hmm. ten feet, that sort of thing, so three, four metres, somewhere in there, and you can you can get a really crisp, tight image because mm-hmm. they've got a little lens in them and that'll, that'll sort of, uh, yeah, improve that vision so you can use... Yep. Like a, 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 a you know, in your shed or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you don't need a lot of room to be able to actually do some dry fire training, which yeah. is really and actually moving from target to target and yep. watching where you're sitting on it rather than it being a bit of a blur or having to try and step out to ten meters or whatever your your scope will focus down to. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I've I've tried playing around with other options back home, and it it doesn't really work too well mm. like the other, the other like hacks and bits and pieces you can try and do uh, you're either struggling for light or everything's blurry or you can't focus on your reticle and what you're trying to mm. practice at and yeah. Yeah, there's a f- few issues going around but no, I'm pretty stoked to get get, a, yeah. get my hand on yeah, one well of you, these you walked in saw it and went alright I need one of them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so anyway that's uh, that's something cool that's, uh, that's mm. coming uh, that, that is out I mean they've been around a long time this is a Gen 2 variation so it's a little bit different to what they used to be like a flip up cap on the front yep. this is a lot sturdier use of reduction rings and sort of fits sort of scopes uh, any scopes and um yeah, and actually, the, this like smaller new model. I'm sure guys will get this and be like, "Oh, that's too small. I need the bigger one." No, this this you don't actually need that bigger an opening. This works really well, um, but uh, you actually can open that sucker up and clean that glass on yeah, this right. model, which nice. is uh, I think pretty uh, actually pretty important. So, anyway, that's uh, that's what's going on with that. So I've got one of them. I've got a Burris XTR3 uh, nice. rocking up tomorrow for my rimfire, and uh, I will. I, I've got a match I've booked into now, so I need yeah, to. Yeah, that's um, it. 
do some of this practice business. <laughs> you mean with your DFAT? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So that's uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna focus on using this um, and actually set up uh, set up training and, and do all those things. Yeah. So we're gonna have to do another episode on like a training regime. So no, definitely uh, we'll do that. We we'll just have to we both have to start training and then maybe we'll be able to. Do yeah, that. actually, you did train, didn't you? Because you, you you did so well. No, no, but let's not bring that up again. Well, I did not train at all. I <laughs> fluked that. <laughs> but uh, oh. it does make me want to. Um, you know, step it up and does mm. make me want to try harder. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Good well, stuff, man. Mm. Good stuff. Well, speaking of uh, stepping it up and trying harder. <laughs> Where's this going? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I was hoping you would take over and think of something sensible to say out of that, but we uh, we have not. So uh, <laughs> the, the the thing about you were talking about before, about the, the joy of yep. shooting, how did you first shoot? How did you get into it? Um, so I had a couple of mates who – who, who shot, um, mm-hmm. nothing really at a club sort of level. Yep. It was all just – Paddock. Yeah, stuff. out yeah. paddocks, having fun with shotguns, um, going out for the odd spotlight, mm. um, bits and pieces like that. And I just sort of tagged along and, you know, did plenty of those trips of helping to hold the spotlight on a <laughs> night on a cold night and, yeah. you know, helping out with all of that sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, once I started shooting, I was like, oh, this is – this is awesome, and at, at that stage, you've got no idea what the gear is. You just close the bolt and... <laughs> yeah, someone hands you a twenty two, and you're like, ah, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. it, and you're just like pumped up with adrenaline and, you know, going, woohoo, I'm such a cowboy. Or <laughs> <laughs> tuck, duck, and roll. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that, that's how I sort of got into it, just with mm-hmm. friends who did it as a, as a bit of a pastime, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, a bit of hunting on the side and that sort of stuff, um, and then... I'm pretty sure you and I hung out a few times and yeah, um, went to a few of the very early PRS sort of stuff and mm. that sort of opened my eyes to some pretty cool you things. You didn't shoot those, did you? You came out and, and helped sort of run them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah some okay. pretty pretty cool stages yeah. back in the day. Yeah, um, absolutely. And yeah, so that's when I was like, yeah, like this is... Sparked an interest. Yeah, this is yeah. pretty cool. Um, and I, it's sort of, it's that... I don't know, probably a lot of people have it, some people don't, but it's like how far can I push this or like how accurate can I mm. get this? And, um, yeah, that was one of the one of the things the guy said on the on the weekend who was new to shooting. Mm. Um, just with the 22, like after after two and a half boxes of 22 ammo, it was like, you know, I can see why this is a bit addictive. <laughs> like you're just trying to stretch it out and trying to, yeah. you know, hit these targets every time. But, um yeah, so that's how I started out, um, just with mates with toys, and mm. and then um, yeah, slowly progressed into the competitive side of stuff. Um, yeah, and, and went from there. Yeah, nice, mm. mate. Well, mine, my first shooting experience was when I was about five or six or something like that. Yeah, and right. I was twenty-two, and it was on yep. on target first. And then we went out for bunnies, and I didn't, mm-hmm. didn't shoot any of them, but I was out there, you know, with same yeah. thing, you yep. know, just uh, being in the ute or on. The front seat probably at that age. Anyway, and and then I remember about probably about eight is when I actually first uh, first shot yep. bunnies and um and it was always it was always dad's interest and then yeah. I would just sort of yeah you, you go along and do it and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it and then I didn't really shoot for a long time there yep. uh, until I was until I went over to England like I was always yeah. like oh I'd love to love to go and shoot but it was very hard you know it was difficult mm. you're in that teenage 
years. Yes. Uh, you know, you've got other distractions That's in it. life that are much more interesting at the mm-hmm. time. And then uh, went over to the UK when I was 21 and we uh, were staying on this property. I've probably told this story before on the podcast, but we're staying on this property. We were sitting down at the kitchen table mm. and we looked out the window onto this paddock across uh, outside the window and uh, there were some bunnies there. <laughs> and uh, the guy was like, well, shotgun's in the corner. No, right, Rolf was in the corner. You better take care of him. Oh, okay. Uh. We, we, we're going. And it's like, well, there's a window there. <laughs> so it was. I literally walked to the kitchen window, pull the gun nice. up on the kitchen window sill, mm-hmm. and open the window first, and then uh, <laughs> take the shot of the bunnies and be like, oh, yeah, we got them. Huh. Cool. Oh, that's pretty and cool. Then, and then uh, he, he's like, well, sit down. We've got to finish dinner. Then we'll go get them. <laughs> okay, that's the way it works. And then Just we would. A, yep. And then we would we would walk around this this sort of set aside paddock mm-hmm. uh, and and shoot rabbits and uh, with shotguns and that's yeah, when nice. it's the first time I shot a shotgun actually because okay. when I was younger dad never let me shoot yep. a shotgun because yep. uh, he only had a twelve gauge and it didn't have a recoil pad on it yeah uh, okay. and so we would uh, we would we went out and we shot all these rabbits and and it was I really enjoyed I came back from that UK trip mm-hmm. um, in fact I actually I was planning like to be there for like a day or two days yep. and then go to London by myself because um, I was travelling with the family and I changed. I stayed on that <laughs> property for a week. Nice. Um, and and I think I ended up being in London for a couple of days and didn't particularly yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so being out in that sort of environment, I, mm. I think someone gave me an air off and said, right, you can go and shoot in these paddocks for the for the <laughs> day and I just went around there. And, and you were hooked. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, really enjoyed it. And, uh, and so I came back really keen on shotgun. Yeah, actually, okay. was my thing. Yep. And then a mate of ours uh, who you, you've been down to his property, we, we sort of got access to this property and yep. we would go down there and we'd probably go down there every three weeks. Yeah, right. And the buy-in was a case of shotgun ammo, right? <laughs> if you didn't have a case of shotgun ammo, don't bother showing up. Yeah, yeah. Right? A case of shotgun ammo and the appropriate amount of clays. And so yep. over a bit of time, we all sort of pitched in and got these clay throwers. And they were, yeah, we ended up upgrading them and go mm-hmm. up and down, left and right. Mm-hmm. And we bring the rifles along as well. And it was pretty much much it'll be a full day maybe an overnighter uh and we would blast hundreds and hundreds (laughs) of rounds of everything and it was just it was that proper paddock shooting where you just set up this little table out the back of the ute and you sit there and you're like you got a target down range that you have no idea how far away but you think it's about 100 paces yeah and you're like oh it's 100 meters we're good and you just shoot it until (laughs) there was no paper left and then you're like oh this is not great well you should get some steel targets of some sort shoot them and then you're putting holes through them you're like why is it doing that i thought anyway and (laughs) And then uh, you, you work out you need bisaloy targets. And, yeah. And so and we had this property, but we had this amazing property that we could go to. And then we, we started sort of understanding you could shoot a bit further than this mm. 100 metres. And, mm. and so we would sort of swing the angle of where we're shooting. And we ended up being able to get to 1,000 metres, uh, to 600 initially. Yep. And then we started like really changing how we set it up. And yeah, we're okay. like, oh, okay, we can do 1,000 metres here. Yeah, okay. Go. Here we go. Yeah, yep. and and that's when that's when started to uh, understand like mm. how things worked, uh, and and yeah, and then we you know we started sort of training, and it wasn't because we were like oh man we know so much we should mm. teach everyone. It was mm. I was working in a gun shop part time, and people would come into the store and talk, and they'd be like, oh yeah, I'm here to buy my first gun, and you're like, oh awesome man, that's that's great news. <laughs> you want this, and you want this. <laughs> what, what do you want? Yeah. And they're like three to win mag and a ticker T three light, and you're like. <laughs> Um, what are you going to do with it? I'm going to shoot stuff. (laughs) And you're like, oh, dude, like, I mean, also like great gun and all this sort of gear. If you're going to go after deer and like send around off, then, then cool. But 
if this is your first gun, yeah, um, I there's some reasons as to why maybe a 22. Mm. No, I want 300 win mag. All right, cool. Yep. No worries. Three weeks later, they'll be back trading it in. Yeah, yeah. And and we had that happen. And a bruised shoulder. <laughs> multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> multiple times, yeah, with the uh, with the yeah. cut of the eyebrow. <laughs> and and no matter you know, no matter what you did, but it always felt like I'm like, oh man, if I could if I could take you out in the paddock and we yep. could shoot together for half a day, that's it. You you would see the reasoning why I'm mm. suggesting maybe a twenty two or two to three or what have you got access to? And you go ask guys, what have you got access to shoot? I'm like, oh mate's got a property with bunnies. Like, cool. And what are you getting? Three hundred wind mag. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Like I, un- I understand the enthusiasm. You want yeah, something yeah. big and all that sort of gear, but there's just there's, there's that knowledge mm. gap, mm. Uh, and it and it led from for many people that that would come through to that um, to that diminishing of the experience of shooting. Yep. Yep. They they come back in weeks months later yep. trading that gun in. Oh, I didn't really enjoy it, and yeah. then you would you wouldn't see them again. Yep. and you're like, man, I, I was I was trying to tell you, and and so we we ended up setting up you know what was southern shooters back then mm. to be able to like come out with a day let's like let's shoot the 22 2 to 3 yep. 308 300 win max so you get the experience across them you can see mm. why like a heavy gun versus a light gun we'd have a 308 and a really heavy gun 308 and light gun try mm-hmm. the two mm. you're like oh same cartridge but wow that's a different experience yeah yeah definitely and so um that that's sort of where we progress to and and Yes, yeah, so that's that's why it started. And then then the, the long range side of things, we were just shooting yeah. long range. There was no, yeah. no interest in training it. In fact, I didn't really think we knew it well enough to train it. Mm. And we had kept getting harassed about, <laughs> hey, can you can you teach us how to do it? I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then we, we sat down, like it got ridiculous. So sat down, like wrote out a bit of a program and, yeah. and worked with a couple of guys who did know, really knew what they were doing to sort of filter, mm-hmm. filter some of that stuff. I went out with a, a mate of mine, farmer mate, mm-hmm. and uh, we set up a gun. I went, right, you, how far can you shoot? He's like, oh, uh, 150 metres. I'm like, all right, cool. We're going we're gonna to hit 1,000 metres. <laughs> He's like, all right, I'll give it a go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so it was really a test for me. Is like, could I get him set up to? And yep. and I think it was about what, four shots, three shots in. Oh, he nice. was on a thousand meters. Yep. And I'm like, all right, cool. All right, so we've got we've got some some legs here. Like what what we'd written, the the, the theory we'd put together mm-hmm. was was working in in practice with mm. a, with someone who was not a brilliant shooter, but but was fine. Yeah, um, yeah, could hit a bunny at fifty meters well, most of the time. Yeah, ish. Yeah. Well, that's it. You just sort of. Just um, broadening their horizons of their horizon of knowledge mm. and sort of leading them down a path of, yeah, maybe the biggest isn't always better. Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was that is that gap in knowledge that was just trying to yeah. trying to fill. So that's that's why we went down that path. And mm. then as things uh, uh, things progressed, there's other dudes who were able to do it, and mm. yeah. Great, awesome. That's uh, that's not. Yeah, we we had the laws change here, so we had to change what we were doing, and then I yep. decided not to pick up again because there was really rad dudes who were doing it. But anyway, yeah, yeah. we we way we way further than what we were going <laughs> to talk about. Was there a moment for you, Andy, where like it it, it clicked, like it, it made sense, where you're like, oh, you hear about this shooting long range and stuff, mm-hmm. and then you you actually put it together and and you go, oh, I, it it worked, uh, it happened. Do you mm. remember a particular? There were plenty of moments where it went click. <laughs> <laughs> and then shortly followed by a humongous kaboom. <laughs> I've had plenty of uh, plenty of uh, moments where it's gone click and the uh, the arrows yelled, 30 seconds! <laughs> and viral. But anyway, that's uh, un- unrelated. Um, yeah, I think I think early on where... So my first rifle was a twenty two. Yep. And 
you know, that was just 50 metre planker. Didn't mm-hmm. really stretch it out. I think it was like, cost me 200 bucks. Like, no big hopes there. And then um, yep. my next one was a, was a 270. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right, I'm getting this because, you know, it's it's a lightweight 270 for hunting stuff. I don't really know why I got it. Um, <laughs> again, that In, knowledge gap. It's yeah. like everyone's like, oh, it's a deer cartridge. If you ever want to go deer or shoot something big, you need a 270. And it's fast and flat. And I was like, Yeah, it's not. It's cool. not a it's a sensible deer cartridge. <laughs> yeah, and it's oh, not, for sure. It's not a ridiculous thing. But my question always came back to like, okay, great. Have you got a chance to shoot deer? And people were like, Oh no, no, I don't know anyone. Yeah. And like, all right, what do <laughs> what can you shoot? And they're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, mate's got some foxes uh, problem. I'm like, yep. cool. Let's two seventy. <laughs> let's grab another cartridge. <laughs> anyway, that's cool. all good. So so you bought your two seventy lightweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um I think once I sort of zeroed that in and then I was like Right, so this is meant to be a really fast, flat shooting cartridge. Let's mm. see how far I can take it. Yep. And uh, at that point, I I'd skimped out on the scope and the rings and all that sort of stuff. So it wasn't, <laughs> of course, a, a purely. It wasn't a, a very accurate system. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was good fun just slinging leg lead, trying to get out to like three hundred, four hundred. Yep. And I wasn't very successful at that. And then I was like, probably the click moment was right. This isn't going to do it for me. I need to get something that will. So I splashed out on a, a good Remington um, Varmint 223. And purely that system was just a bit more accurate. It was new. I got it new. And um, and then I was like, right, I need a good scope on this. If I want to do this sort of stuff and be accurate, I need mm. need to get the good stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of when it went click where I was like, yeah, that's not doing it. Like, <laughs> I need this. And then yeah. um, I think there was a not so much when it, made sense to me but i remember a moment where we went out and um an old friend uh mr noble yep an old is, old friend an old podcast an host old podcaster yeah, yeah. your, your um, pre- predecessor is that the word yeah something like that something, something. <laughs> that's right the previous andy that's it um yeah you guys were were shooting targets out at 800 900 or something and he had his his long range rifle sitting there and like I was just going, oh, this is and this is this is back before I think I'd bought the bought the two two three. Yeah, you had the two seventy at that stage, I remember. Yeah. And remember, because you did pretty well with that two seventy that day, actually. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean for a two seventy, but no. You yeah, know. my shoulders so sore. <laughs> <laughs> there were moments there where I was like carrying around like a, a sock with sand, and I'd put that there in my shoulder. But um, yeah, I sort of saw his setup, and then. He was just nailing that target, and and that's when I think it sort of went click. Going, okay, what I got isn't yeah, yeah isn't going to cut the mustard. Hmm. So, um, hmm. yeah, fantastic, man. Hmm. Well, I remember, I remember a particular point where my understanding of scopes really sort of started clicking in. Yeah, right? yep. Is I I always bought cheap scopes because yep. that's what you do, uh, and you're blowing so all the money on the rifle exactly that you didn't right. need. Yeah, you yeah. just you're just <laughs> buying all these fancy guns and uh, yep. and. And of course, I, remembering that I'm looking at this through the lens of a shotgun shooter, mm. right? No, no scopes. Mm. Hit stuff without scopes, so no big deal. And I remember like forking out because I got this one uh, seven HMR. Yep. In a Marlin, which was a terrible gun. <laughs> <laughs> and, so you still and, got it. <laughs> it was horrible, and um, it would it would load like if you. You would load the bolt, mm. uh, you'd, you'd, you'd load a round, but the magazine wouldn't clip in properly and the round would go underneath the barrel into the stock. Yeah, 
that's right. uh, quality, uh, quality. So anyway, <laughs> that, I had uh, I had this this uh, bought this gun, mm. and I'm like, you know what? This is the one I'm going to lash out. Mm. And I bought a Tasco, mm. um, like a six to twenty four, I think it was. Mm-hmm. It was two hundred and thirty eight dollars. I paid for it. Yeah. I remember the remember the price for some reason. It's probably right. And you're like, that's two weeks worth of wages. That, no, that is like <laughs> four months worth. <laughs> that, that was uh, that for for the scope was, was mm. a lot of coin for me. I'm like, mm. man, this is. Full on. Anyway, terrible scope. Can't I just look down the barrel? <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> it was. Uh, it was not a good. And it was not a good deal. And and uh, and then I started working uh, night force, and mm-hmm. and that's that was the moment click for me. And obviously, yeah, okay. not everyone gets the opportunity to work for a for a scope manufacturer or something mm-hmm. like that. But that that was a rapid understanding of yep. you know what, how optics work, seeing the inside of it, seeing mm-hmm. it dial, seeing it do all these things, and you're like, start making all the sense. But I, I had the inclination previous because I'd. Years ago, I, I bought a three three eight Lapica, yep, uh, which was a Remington seven hundred. There was a few on the shelf, and and in SA, the, the government had sort of clamped down on them, mm. and, and then realised that perhaps they they couldn't do that or wh- whatever the thing is. And so there was like this brief period where they were like reassessing how they could qualify these things, mm. and that's when I put like one of the guys at the shop said, um, "Mate, you, if you're thinking about it, put the bay work in." I'm like, all right, done. Put the paperwork in, and and this at this stage was a two and a half thousand dollar gun, and I, yeah, this is way, way beyond what I what I could do, mm. uh, and and the um, it, I I put the paperwork in, and I got it, and then like two <coughs> weeks later, they they hit some banned list that mm. it was really difficult to get. So I was very fortunate to sort of fall into the yep. uh, the time frame uh, that was correct. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, I got laughed at by guys in the shop, like other blokes who work there, because they're like, you don't know how to use that, you don't know this and that, mm. and you're like, you got no clue what you're doing. All legitimate, all fair yeah. comments. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but I knew that at some point I could afford a scope to match this gun. Yeah, I was going to say, you didn't throw the Tasco on it, did you? No, I did <laughs> so not. In fact, I actually I oiled the thing up, I put it in its box, and I shoved it in the safe with mm-hmm. the intention that when I could afford to buy the right scope, mm-hmm. then I would shoot it. Oh, nice. And um, I... I had my eyes on a Tasco World Class, <laughs> hundred bucks for it. But anyway, the the point being, yeah. um, that uh, that we yeah that that I I wanted that gun, mm. and I'm really yeah I'm really happy that I got it because it'd be very difficult to get a hold of these days mm. uh, here. But um, and and yeah, I probably went three years without firing around through that thing until yeah, I wow. could actually get it set up uh, and then put a night force on it and took it out to. a... Uh, eventually, he took it out to a couple couple cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I, I remember one time uh, down on down on Andrew Noble's relations uh, farm. Uh, farm, and being there with my Thompson Center mm-hmm. 308. And so this is a lightweight hunting gun, mm-hmm. no muzzle brake, but I had the right scope on it. I had like a three to fifteen in excess adjustable yep. oh, second nice. focal plane, but yep. but it was all it was all ticking along. Yep. And there was a target at like 400, mm. 500, 600, I don't forget the details, but there was, and I started working through it and, and it was a really giving me an understanding that the work here, mm. as long as I didn't hit that barrel up too much, the work here was being done by the optic. Mm. And I was going through these distances mm. and I think I got out to about 900 
20 meters or something like that, whatever that 900 ish yep. target was. And I was nailing that thing. Yep. And I'm like, this is coming out of a pencil thin barrel, yep. giving it time to cool down, but this is coming out of a pencil thin barrel. I'm That's like, it. this is, uh, okay. Oh, this th- That was a real moment. I particularly remember because it clicked that. Right, this is not this is not the gun. This is not this is mm. purely as long as you've got an optic doing what it's meant to, mm. as well as uh, the knowledge base to be able to do this. And, and I was getting a lot of help yeah. yep. at that point. Um, yeah, but I, mem- I remember hearing those dings on mm. the target, being like, "Oh man, this is amazing!" Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah from a little hunting gun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those things you could. Um they say like general rule of thumb: spend spend just as much, if not more, on the scope than the rifle yeah. because I guess, yeah, you could have the most accurate rifle in the world, but if you can't see your target clearly and dial reliably, mm. then you got no chance. I, I actually, um, I had, so I put up a, uh, I did this, did a video on, on ID mm-hmm. um, about like the four things to choose in a PRS scope, like four, yes. four key yep. things, right? Yep. And then that's not an exhaustively a spiny, it was just a purely like a, 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 a Getting started, it was yeah, um, yeah. dialable turrets, a good reticle, uh, first focal plane for, for PRS, and generally MRAD. Mm. Again, again within the context of PRS, that's not exclusively always those things. There's plenty of other things in there, but anyway, I put that I put that uh, into TikTok the other day, mm-hmm. put it out there, and one of the comments was, um, uh, "You know, spend as much on your scope as your rifle. No, spend twice as much on your scope as your gun." Yep. And I'm like, "There's a point that that is not any not true anymore." Because yeah. like like early days, absolutely with that, with that uh, that Thompson, that mm-hmm. Thompson was probably a fifteen hundred dollar gun, and I probably had a three thousand dollar yep. scope on it, and that was the magic. Yeah. But now I think my uh, the, the hot dog gun would be in the vicinity of a ten thousand dollar rifle. Mm. I can't find a twenty thousand no. dollar scope. I mean, one one I can't find twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be upfront about that. But two, there, there isn't. There, there is a point where that diminishes. But the yeah. the I think the crux of the idea is that yeah that that your your scope is so critical and you've got to get to a, a reasonable yep. point with it. Um, and I think so many people, you're right, when they first start out, it's all about the rifle because that's yep. the thing that looks sexy. Mm-hmm. It's not just a little black tube. Mm. Whereas I think a lot of us now, like we. Like one of the first things you look at is like a scope, and you're like, "Oh, it looks good." Actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks well, really like the little good. numbers. <laughs> yeah, the white turret on this Burris is looking pretty great, mm. pretty sweet. Um, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's. Yeah, I guess uh, interesting I thing. guess as yeah, technology in in optics has improved. Mm. Um, the, the cost is hasn't you know skyrocketed. Yeah, true. It's 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 had to remain competitive. Yeah. Um, but also the technology in rifles has improved. Huge. Mm. So, for a what probably used to be a really expensive rifle, um, now you can get you know still a really good quality rifle on the cheaper side. Yep. And you can get a really good quality scope um, for not crazy amounts of money either. Mm. Um, like I know Vortex have and and Burris have some awesome options out there um, that will get you to a thousand meters easy. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, you don't need to spend. Five or six grand on a rifle can be no. just a pretty basic three hundred eight. Well, mm. well and truly. Mm. So where where do you think what what a, um, what advice? I mean, you, you talked about some some new shooters coming out. Yep. And and taking it from from like right, I, I'm into shooting. I'm into guns. This mm. is fun. To I can hit a target consistently at five hundred meters. Mm. Um, there's there's often a, a disparity in in well, it takes that 
time? Like, what are some of those key elements of understanding or knowledge that, that you can put into place to be able to get there, as far as you're concerned? To be able to get to reliably shooting at 500. Yeah, let's yeah. say if that was the goal, because, you know, from a PRS point of view, if you can consistently shoot at 500 mm. metres targets, mm. um, you're in with a chance, let's mm. say, right? There's there's, there's obviously to- so many other factors to win a big match, whatever it is. Mm. But just to... Um, you know, we see it with with new guys there. There's there's that, uh, yeah. They rock up and you're like, hey man, have a crack with the match, and, yeah. and they're like, yeah, but I don't even know how to sh- how to hit a target at 300. Yeah, and you're like, that's a really fair point. Like, if you don't understand what to do with your gun, yeah, yeah. how do you feel comfortable like going, oh yeah, the target's 500 meters, and, and mm. yeah, you tell you Andy, this uh, stage is 500 meters. You're like, okay, cool, mm. write it down. Two point six meters. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Like you just you're all over it, yeah. and and going from. Yeah, this this is often what we lose sight of. I mm. think we we yeah going from I was like I'm 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 taking thirty rounds to zero at a hundred meters. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, yeah, some yes people say that, and you're like, for, like the initial reaction might be like, why? And then you're like, yeah. well, hang on, no, really, like. I remember, like, should we refer back to that that box to one thousand? When I'm pretty sure I did take like twelve rounds, twelve or fifteen rounds. Oh, that's a, that is that is true, actually. Um, but but you know, that that aside, like you refer back to when you know when was, yeah. I, I remember like I'd go mm. out shooting multiple times to try and get a zero on a gun. Yeah. Um, and you're just burning ammo, burning exactly time. Right. And, yeah. Whereas now, you know, if you if you haven't got your zero squared away in four rounds or five rounds, you're like wondering, like you start pulling things apart, going, "Oh, yeah. this this mount's bloody useless," or yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> something's gone yep. going wrong. Um, and I think, yeah, it's sort of really, uh, really being able to give those little clues and and, and tips yeah. as to how to go from struggling to zero to, mm. to nailing 500 and, you know, being in a position where you can enter a match and feel comfortable that you're capable of hitting yep. those targets yep. as opposed to being like, oh, man, if anything, over 200, about, uh, 200 metres yep. in this match, I'm struggling. Which, that's, I mean, yep. and to be fair, rimfire exists in this mm. point, which is, you know, because most of your targets are within 25 to maybe 75, which really mm-hmm. is holding at the target or a bit above. And yeah, a bit yeah. above gets you top it so yeah quite pretty, a yeah. quite a few hits in that regard yeah um, but then taking that next step mm. Mm. yeah so I I know I guess early on coming from going all right so I can zero my rifle in twenty rounds and you know it's good at a hundred I can hold over just at one hundred and fifty but what's next it's sort of that knowledge base or, or you have to as a new shooter go to a club or, or approach people who do sort of know what they're talking about. Like on the internet, it can get just so content heavy or like so info heavy and it's hard to sift through it. But um, like I, I sort of learned stuff by getting shown and like walking through like step, step by step. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's pretty important. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise it's, there's just, yeah, I felt like online there's just so much stuff and you're like, hang on, I've got to do this and then this and then this and it's all a bit overwhelming, but yeah, totally. And, um, but yeah, when I have been at the range, and it's just, okay, you know, boresight it. This is, you know, three steps and this, 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 and then take a shot, adjust, take a shot, do a group, whatever. Um, yeah, it, it's really not o- as overwhelming. Um, and then, yeah, trying to step it out to 500 metres, again, like there's just so much information on ballistics, wind, you know, your data for your bullets, all your, you know, all your fancy stuff mm. all your gadgets you can get but um there is it can be a lot more simple it can be as simple as you want it to be 
mm-hmm. or it can be as complex as you want it to be. Yep. So I, I remember early on with the 270, I would literally jump on the website, look up, I think back then it was a Hornady ballistics calculator yep. on the website because I was yep. using Hornady ammo, factory ammo. Makes and I was sense. like, right, this ammo, zero to 100, this scope height, um, I want to go out to 500 and it prints out your data. Mm-hmm. And as long as you've got a reliable scope that will dial or you've got, you know, something along those lines, it's sort of that just have, you no know, trust the system a little bit, <laughs> have faith. Mm-hmm. It's not, you're not going to break it. Um, but yeah, I think going out with someone or having someone walk you through it is, is a massive bonus. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So yeah, if you do rock up at the range and you're like, oh, I've only ever shot out to 150, 200 metres and that's just using a bit of holdover and Kentucky windage, yep. then you know, pull one of us up and go, okay, well, it won't take us, it won't take us long to go, all right, well, this is your velocity, you know, and we'll, we'll help you out with getting data out to 500 and it's, mm. it's not, it's not a big overwhelming task and it can be really simple. Yeah, um, I, I think mm. that's, uh, that's true. One of the things that like from a, from a practical point of view, from mm. something you can do, like getting to understand how, a, how a scope functions, because yep. I, I don't know about you, but my dad had oh. the guns. Yeah. Do you dial up? Do you dial down? Like which way, if you're zeroing, do you? Well, my dad had the guns, <laughs> yeah. so you did not touch the turrets. That's it. Yeah. Right. And so I remember having a 22 Hornet mm. and it would shoot high into the right. Mm-hmm. So you would aim low into the left. Mm. That was how you got your hundred meters. Yep. Yep. Legit. Yeah. And and I've spoken to many people who are the same way. Like, you know, the, the turrets were set. You don't touch with – you don't mess with the turrets. The mm. turrets are where they are. Mm. And that's where the gun shoots. Yep. That is zero. Shoots a bit to this side, a bit to that side, and you sort of know that and account for it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool. And and so that's that's where I came from. Like you mm. never took caps off turrets. Yeah, you never it. touched it, all that sort of thing. Yep. And then – so I can totally get you get the first one. You're like, all right, I gotta, I gotta connect these things too. And you're like, mm. oh, the dude at the gun shop did it. And then you like put it on paper, and it's like an inch to the left. You're like, yeah, good enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. I'll just hold an inch to the right. Like, yep. yeah, we're we're fine here. And so I think one of the things that that I found very useful for both myself, but also for others, mm. was to do a, a, you know, try and get like an A3 piece of paper if mm-hmm. you can, something a little bit larger, and have a couple of dots on it, and being able to manipulate the turrets to move your point of impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, to w- away from your point of aim, yep. and and realizing that those are two very different things. So obviously, your point of aim is where your point of the cross mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. and your point of impact is where your bullet goes. Now, normally, of course, at a hundred meters or fifty meters, or depending on which way you set it up, you want those two things to be aligned, mm. or perhaps you want to go an inch high, or, mm. or whatever it might be. But understanding, like as you dial that scope, that bullet moves mm. up, down, and and not doing that. A lot of people fight that and, and like, oh, I'm trying to get it to the center and trying to do this. Yeah. That's cool. But sometimes it's, it's kind of useful, at least maybe once, mm. to embrace that, to go, right, okay, how much do I have to dial to get to the top of the page? Right? Yep. You wind it like three clicks and you're like, oh, okay, I didn't do a whole lot. Yep. Um, and then you wind it 30 clicks and you're like, oh, I can't see it anymore. <laughs> and, and so being able to sort of ha- have an understanding of like moving around, there's there's a thing called a box test yeah. where you can, you have, you're trying to shoot groups in each corner of the page and then come back to center. Mm. Really great exercise to get a feel for how that happens. Mm. And I think for many people, the fear of like, Touching their turrets and yep. adjusting things, losing their zero, mm. um, is a is a big factor. And I think something practical like that, you start seeing. Okay, as I dial this up, right, this bullet's gone higher, mm. um, and you 
go, right, I can see now that if I want to shoot further, I need to keep the bullet up further in the air longer. Mm -hmm. And so I dial it up. And so if I'm shooting it, you know, 30 centimetres higher, okay, well, that's, you know, that's three mil in our, in, in our language. But mm -hmm. that, that, you know, that might, that might sustain that bullet in travel for X amount of distance. Yeah. And so a bit of an understanding of how that works and, and that sort of thing. So I think that can be a really useful little test yep. um, or little um, practical skill to yep. develop and start moving your bullet around the page yeah. as you shoot at 100 metres without having to worry about wind, without having to mm -hmm. worry about a whole stack of other factors mm. that you're still hitting the page. You might be shooting large groups or whatever it yep. is, but you, you're still getting report on it. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of it's sort of that time, that trigger time, familiarising yourself with Yep. Your rifle, your scope, how it works. Because um, if you are ever on a hunting trip and, and the thing falls off the ute or it gets knocked over and mm -hmm. suddenly you, you go to, you know, recheck zero and, and you know, you're off by 20, 30 mil, yep. you, you, you sort of need to be familiar with your setup and know how to how mm -hmm. to solve that. Um, so, yeah, do it, doing those basic, basic tests. At least, sure, you might burn a bit of ammo, but you'll start to understand, like you said, how is this actually working and... Mm how these the two things talking to one another and then how does this relate to my little printed out yeah. chart that I got and yeah. I uh the first gun I had where I started to understand some of this stuff was a twenty two two fifty I bought. It came yep. in second hand at the gun shop I was working at. It was a REM seven hundred V double S F two. That means anything to anyone with a Leopold VX three long range or something. I'm mm. sketchy on those details now. Um but it was it was a Pretty solid package. Mm. It was pretty well priced to pick that up, and it was great. Um, I've still got the gun, actually, mm. um, not the scope for uh, for a long time. But um, and I remember going out, and this was the gun that I probably started to cut my teeth on a bit of. Mm. Like, all right, if I hold at this point, I can, oh, I'm starting to hit the target there. And it was really, it was you know very rudimentary, no understanding of ballistic data yeah. per yeah. se, um, certainly no ballistic calculators, but just like, all right, I'm shooting this at 100, 200 it's gone low, so I'm going to hold it up and, okay, I can hit that. Now mm. I'll go out to 250, 300, wherever you start doing it. Mm. And and that was that was real raw testing, learning and understanding. Yep. And I, I think um, a lot of times people, you know, sort of now you're like, oh, mate, let me just run through some data through for you. Mm. And you're like, oh, first shot, bang, 500 metres, like, oh, all over it, which is which is awesome. It's great knowledge to have. Mm. But for a lot of people that can be super daunting despite it only being one shot. And there's an element of um, going through that process of even if it's, you know, 200, 250, 300, mm. you start uh, – there's two things that are happening. One one there is uh, you're, you're starting to understand what that drop means. Like you're seeing physically where on the mm. paper it's going down here now or you're mm. shooting under that target mm. uh, and and – yeah, okay, right. If I aim at this point, I'm now hitting the target. Okay, so it's it's dropping X yeah. about you know this sort of size. The other thing that's happening there is you're sending more rounds down range. And mm. for new shooters, sending more rounds down range is extremely beneficial because yeah, uh, just practice practice helps immensely. Oh, definitely. Yeah, mm. and it might even like bring up other other things that you didn't really think were a big issue, like wind. Like mm -hmm. once you start going out there, you're like, yeah, that's true. Oh. What do you what do you mean? I'm hitting like way over to the left or the yeah. right. Yeah. It's like it's wind. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a true. laser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess a lot of people think that it's it's particularly when they're starting out that that thing is moving so fast, just bang, like yeah. you pull the trigger and it's there. Yeah. Um. And and obviously the further you go out, then most of our listeners will understand mm. that this, this is not the case. It takes time to get there. Yeah, that's uh, it. And the further the longer it's in those elements, the more mm. effect 
there is on it. Yeah, cause, yeah, I remember one of the guys um, saying like, oh, so if it's really windy and I'm out spotlighting, I need to hold for wind. Sure do. Mm. Yeah. Well, at least guess. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't get your kestrel out. And <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It, is, it does play a role, definitely. Absolutely. I remember we, uh, so one of the things we used to do when we would have sort of general groups come out and shoot, we had a, a fox target at 200 metres, mm-hmm. right? So for you, you're just like, oh yeah, whatever. But for um, for someone who's like, mm. that was their first experience shooting, that with a 2D3, now the 2D3 was a pretty solid yep. hit, you yep. know, and, and but um, from uh, you'd be like, all right, it's pretty windy today. I want you to aim at the, the nose of the fox and you'd hit the thing in the arse or mm-hmm. I want you to aim like on the edge of the frame and they'd, you know, mm-hmm. and they'd be amazed at how far off they were hitting, uh, mm-hmm. they were aiming and, and it was hitting. But we'd often try and get them to do the 200-metre fox with a 22. Yeah. And it was funny because some guys would come through with a little bit of firearms knowledge yeah. and you'd be like, you know, they'd be with like a group and, and so they'd know if they you know, a reasonable amount, mm. and there'd be a couple other people in the group who had no idea. Mm. And you're like, all right, I'm going to get you to, to to aim at that fox and shoot that. And the old old mate there's like, 22, you can't do that. <laughs> and so we'd be like, all right, hold on to that fox. I want you to aim at this particular patch in the dirt. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you, you know, recognise this rock, right, aim at that, and then I want you to move to the right, like, X distance because mm. it's windy as. And they were like, I'm nowhere near this target. Yep. Like, I know. That's fine. Just aim there. <laughs> and they'd shoot and they'd hit this thing. And, and they'd be like all over the moon. They're like, it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And then their mate was like, how did she do that? And <laughs> and it often would lead to like a, a really good discussion because yeah. obviously they knew a little bit about it. And mm. you, you're saying, hey, look, here's what we're doing. Like the thing is still f- flying out there and yep. we, we can still, we're subsonic with it so we can still understand what it's doing. Yep. Um, and yeah, it was it was quite often a great opener to sort of start mm. building that knowledge for those people uh, of, of how and why and what we were achieving. But I remember just some of the, particularly some of the fresh guys, like how far we were aiming like mm. three metres off the yeah, fox. Right. Like <laughs> <laughs> just, you're a, you're, it was uh, it was quite challenging to uh, to, to do sometimes. Mm. But it was it was great for people to have that understanding and, and mm. what they're doing. And you always try to explain, like, rather than just, like, so you might say, hey, hold here and shoot. Oh, yeah, hit. And you're like, so here's what's happening to your bullet. Yeah. And this is why we have to hold higher. And, yeah, and most people can, like, can understand that that is, you know, that is what's yep. going on and all that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But maybe not uh, intuitively. Yeah. Maybe not like, oh, yeah, I guess I am higher because the bullet's dropping. That yeah, makes sense. Yep. But if you to, to delve into it, just that extra yeah, step, and that's really, right. Yeah. It's like, why do I, what's happening? Isn't this thing just speeding out? And mm. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it led to some some excellent sort of discussions, and hopefully built mm. some some knowledge around what what was happening. Mm. And then you're like, oh, cool, man! If you imagine if you had to shoot to a thousand meters, what you'd have to do, and yeah, it would would go from there. So, yeah, and I, I guess you probably would have had uh, a pretty similar situation with the um, like shotgun shooting. Like you're leading and you're lagging and holding over, or you don't just hold on the target, do you? you have, no, you got to aim where it's going, but mm. then allow for distance a bit and yeah, that sort of yeah. Shotgun has certainly has that. And look, I, I was never any uh, stunning shotgun shooter. Mm. Uh, I was uh, I was just on the verge of like sort of wanting to take it seriously. Oh, yeah. uh, and then I, I'd sort of set. I'd actually set up this this uh, uh, agreement with work where I was going to go off. Uh, I was going to leave early on a Wednesday, go off to the range, and I was going to put in like a two or three hour session every every week because um, I was like, you know, I'm I'm mm. I'm okay at this, and and I could 
you know, pursue this. And mm. then something changed at work and I went to one session and then it all fell apart. And so I, yeah, didn't, right. yep. I didn't end up doing that. And that, that really is uh, – uh, otherwise perhaps, who, who knows, maybe I was talking to a podcast about shotgunning. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I uh, pursue that and not be very good at that either. Um, <laughs> Could could happen, um, but anyway, and we yeah we we really got to the to the mm. rifle side of things. Mm. Yeah, I found the found the I found that interesting. The because um, there was a lot more um, uh, there was a lot more natural feel with shotgun, mm. uh, and whereas rifle was was this this understanding of knowledge, mm. and obviously being able to hit stuff. There's a lot of natural talent based on on shooting mm. with rifles but there's this real deeper understanding of how you can get out to that target yep um, and I think uh, for, for a lot of new, new shooters it is it is a process mm. and you're not going to like go out once and yep. shoot a thousand meters and hit it because someone tweaked your rifle up for you mm. and you'd be like oh, dude I'm all over this I mean there's just Nailed like, it. there is a there is a pathway yep. there is a po- big pathway and it takes time and yeah. it really just takes time so it's a steep learning curve as soon as you start yeah jumping down all the YouTube channels and <laughs> you know reading through all these you know documents and stuff you're like what yeah. <laughs> my head hurts <laughs> We used to do a, a long-range package, so we take some some uh, crew out. And, you mm. know, they, they may have had experience in firearms. They may never have shot a gun before. Mm. And we'd start the day off um, on 22s. And, and, you know, I mean, it, it was a full day of shooting yep. and it would come together a 1,000 metres. But we, uh, we'd we start off with 22s and we'd be talking wine. It was really about sort of as quickly as possible, sort of building a couple of fundamentals about mm. their shooting. And, and 22 is obviously in a really easy way. And I'd encourage people who are getting into it, they think, oh, no, I'm only going to shoot center fire because that's, you know, the big the mm. big boys' toys. Mm. No. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the rim fire is uh, such a great way to get into it. And it yeah. shows, it exposes so many of your flaws very mm. quickly because mm. you try and shoot a really good group at 100 metres with a 22. Mm. Um, yeah, you you work out what you're doing wrong real <laughs> real quick, That's really it. quick. Mm. And so we'd we'd put them on the twenty twos, and when when they we'd, we'd give them a couple little tips, and and we would want to see that group size come down to something that was acceptable, like yep. at least all within the the same point of aim, like, yeah, like as in yep. not dancing around the page. Yep. And then we'd move up to two to threes and put a few down there, and we'd take those two to threes around and maybe go two hundred and three hundred on them, mm-hmm. throw out to a, a three hundred eight, and that would be sort of from that three hundred to eight hundred meters. Mm. And then then there would be the thousand meter shot, and you'd have ten rounds uh, <coughs> to to get as many as you could. Mm. And I think uh, off uh, off memory, we were at about like an eighty two percent. Hit rate that someone that you would hit a round yep. at thousand meters out of your ten. Yeah, nice. And given that most of these people hadn't shot a rifle at the beginning of the day, mm. just stepping through this process. And some guys were really happy for you just to touch the dials and they would aim wherever you said. But a lot of people really wanted to understand why, mm. and we, we would make sure there was a lunch break in there at an appropriate time. You could sit down and explain a little bit about mm. about how and why and what you were doing and by adjusting the scope it was pushing this up and down and mm-hmm. moving and all that sort of thing well the one we didn't really delve into was wind because mm. obviously that is something that that just has to come with time yeah uh for a lot of it there's there's skills you can train definitely and and with with everything this thing you can learn but that is there there is uh that is like a, a, a rinse and repeat process yep. that just you've got to get your head around over time and experience yeah but we would, uh, but f- certainly for the dialing side of things, I had a few guys who were like, all right, cool, so tell me what to dial and I'll adjust the scope for mm. it. I'm like, 
yeah, no sweat. Um, but yeah, we had a pretty pretty good hit rate for the thousand meters, which I was, yeah, I was pretty awesome. happy with. Did you? How many uh, mines did you blow? When did you ever go into? All right, now that we've sorted out elevation, what about a uh, Coriolis effect and spin drift <laughs> and aero jump? And <laughs> we would uh, in, in that because that was general like brand new guys. Yep. We would leave that all out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I remember we you know, the, the long range courses we used to run. Mm. So you do a, it was a one day fundamental course, mm. and this was the basics of long range. This mm. was uh, we would do a bit of shooting in the morning uh, at a hundred meters. Mm. And so you were talking about position. You're talking about go through all the fundamentals, yep. and you would you would do that. And I remember we would get to lunchtime, right? And we had not moved off the hundred meter mm. range. And yeah, I remember. Yeah, you sit there at lunch, and you're like, "All right, you guys enjoying your long range course that we've spent four hours at a hundred meters?" Yeah, and they're all like. Yeah, there, there was a little bit of um, yes, like oh yeah, 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 like that sort <laughs> of thing. One. I mean, they're learning stuff, yeah. but they're like, oh, okay, and like, yeah, we yeah we are at a hundred meters. Yeah. Like, okay, obviously that's important. And I'm like, that's awesome, man, because uh, after lunch, our first shot's eight hundred meters, and they were just go what? Yeah, yeah, like. Not and us, you know, like not understanding that, yeah, you, know, you don't have to go the 200 and then the 300. Yeah, you don't have to walk it out. That's right. Yep. And but we would spend that's why we would spend 400 meters, 400 meters, <laughs> four hours at 100 meters because we need those mm. fundamentals to be to be pretty solid mm-hmm. or at least you're having a good understanding of what to work on. Mm. We need to collect data correctly, mm-hmm. we need to do a bit of testing on your scope and check all your equipment. Mm. Then lunchtime, you would go out. And 800 meters, yep. and I reckon, generally speaking, within three shots, yep, 95 percent of guys were on 100 meters. Yeah, on about a what are we about a 30 centimeter target? Yeah, um, at 800. At 800. Yep. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it was it was good. It was encouraging. Yeah. yeah. And then and then from there, it was you'd, you'd build that school. So we, we would to, to explain because that's what we're trying to do is trying to put some info out there. Is mm. we would um, spend some time on the fundamentals to make sure that the group sizing they were getting was was sensible to be able to put it at eight hundred yep. and actually be able to engage that target correctly. Mm. If there was errors or issues, mm-hmm. we'd see what we could identify. Use a little bit of um, slow motion video mm-hmm. stuff. That's super super useful mm. skill. And then we would run over the chronograph, which we did have we did touch on particularly on longer courses like why you don't need the chronograph mm-hmm. but we do that and we would build out a profile on a ballistics program mm. and then you would use that data you would check it over lunch you'd check, go through it make sure it's correct um you have a really tight zero lockdown mm-hmm. and then out to 100 meters and you you be bang and then and then at that point they they got the understanding of like let them dial their scope let them yep. do all that sort of thing you'd be like all right guys there are targets at 200 300 350 400 450 500 yep. um go work it out and that's it they would be out of, and it was it was really encouraging seeing mm. these guys who just shot a hundred and go from 100 to mm. 800 to then now wind back and allow them that freedom to play yeah what they thought they were going to do on the way out yep. to go no your data's good now Yep. Come back, and and it would then show whether or not that eight hundred meter was a real lucky shot, and it wasn't actually yeah. to do with what they'd done, and yep. and and um, I'll tell you about one of those in a moment, but um, and they would, yeah, they'd be like, all right, cool, three fifty. They'd go through their process, they'd mm-hmm. put it in the uh, the the data calculator, and then they'd shoot the mm-hmm. uh, target, and they'd hit, and they'd be like, oh, right, great, this, this, this works, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it, and yeah. and it was a really good way, and. Yeah. So we had one one guy who uh, shot, I think, once or twice, mm-hmm. and then he um, he 
hit, uh, maybe on the second shot, he hit the 800-meter target and he hit it bang on in the center. And we were using a bullseye target. So it was a big round target with a gap in the center mm-hmm. and then a separate target behind that gap. And, and he hit right in the middle, flicked it out. We're like, dude, nailed it. You're, you're on. You're on, man. Awesome. But we didn't see where his first shot went. Like, no idea where it went. All right. Anyway, on to the next guy. Next guy, you know, two or three shots in. Bang. Yep. Yeah, sweet. There we go. Excellent. All right, guys, have a bit of a play. And he was like dialing and just pff, nowhere near anything. Yeah. Like, what's going on? You nailed that 800 meter target like perfectly. So looking through it, looking through his data, and we'd worked out that he had. Now I'm going to. I'm going to get this one wrong because it was a few years ago. He had put a G7. In as a G1 or a G1 in as a G7. Oh, One yeah. of the two, he, he reversed that around. Now, this is a thing we'd, we'd covered, but obviously it slipped through on, on his data. And we're like, all right, that's that seems odd. What did, you, what did you dial up for 800 metres? And he told us. We're like, whoa, how did you hit 800 metres with what, whatever mm. mills you dialed? Mm. And the only thing we can put it down to is he hit a rock or something that it would ricochet off at like the 300 meter mark, which yeah. is what he had actually <laughs> dialed for three or 400 meters. Yeah. It had ricocheted off in this magical fashion <laughs> that then nailed the dead center of the 800 meter target. <laughs> Jeez. Just, that's why he couldn't repeat it and couldn't do it again. But his data yeah. was that far off that yep. he must, because there was this little sort of hill before that, and he must yeah. have clipped the top of that hill and he then ricocheted straight <laughs> into that target. And uh, right. yeah, phenomenal. But um, but after that, we would be uh, like, so after that, we, we learned mm. a lesson. We would be asking the guys what their drop was for mm. the target. And they'd be like, Because you know, ballpark's yeah, sort of what you're looking you know, at. Yeah. You know, a you know, guy goes, Oh, yeah, 8.3 and then 9.7. And one guy goes, 3.1. Like, whoa, hang on. Let's just, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just look at that one a little bit closer. Yeah. What are you running, mate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, some hot 375 Shay Oh, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but the, uh, yeah, so that was that was an, an interesting mm. interesting one. But generally speaking, that that sort of process of being able to do that that data and, and um, I think you know that's where we clubs and encourage clubs. You know, as, as more and more clubs are popping up, which is yep. awesome to see. Um, running those days of really teaching that sort of yep. stuff, maybe in that little bit more formal environment, yep. um, can be really useful. Yeah, uh, to do. Um, yeah, you're, you're really taking like a a, a rookie who. Yeah, won't touch elevate, won't touch the dials, won't touch anything on their scope, um, and just use holdovers to being a little bit more precise and self sufficient in mm-hmm. gathering their data, which then they can transfer to any rifle or any sort of platform. Um, yeah, and also then help out their friends, and that way, yeah, like you said, you're just growing that knowledge base. Yep. Um, for a lot of shooters, and yeah, um, yeah, can't what can go wrong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, it's. Uh, it's good. So I think that um, yeah, we, I guess we wanted to we want to encourage and 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 seek questions on, mm. on perhaps we can perhaps we can f- provide some info because there's a lot of there's a lot of people who um, get intimidated about going to a, a, mm. a match or even a, a club match. And mm. my, my first encouragement is go with twenty two because it's so a lot of it you can just ballpark yep. um, until you start getting those further ranges. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good entry to it. But also like some of this key sort of 
information needs to be um, – we haven't talked about it for a long time. Yeah, so, yeah you know, that's we, it. Perhaps we, we will talk about it. Maybe that's why more. people listen to us, to, <laughs> to get information no, sometimes. I was going to say, maybe people have listened to us because we <laughs> – <laughs> in fact, I'm not sure why people listen to no, us. They're neither. probably not sure why they listen to us, but here we are. <laughs> that's it. Speaking of not being sure about anything you do in life, um, we've got a new video coming out. <laughs> and on, fact, was that a good segue? <laughs> Josh liked that one. <laughs> <laughs> was that good, Josh? I'm, I'm just trying to wonder what you're saying about my editing skills. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying a lot. And uh, so we got a new video coming out. And if you remember, yes. you referred to it earlier in the show mm. about the Box to 1000 challenge. Yes. Uh, that you, uh, you were on. Yep. You were on. That's right. And you didn't do so well with it. Oh, no, you came no. second. Yeah, oh, I came second. Right. It was a slow yeah. start. It was a slow, very slow <laughs> start. Uh, and that was where we, yeah, we, we took four guys, Nick uh, from Ignition Custom, Ben, Long Gun Project, Travi, uh, who was the MD for uh, yep. Monado Meltdown, Ignition Custom Monado Meltdown, and then yourself, yep. um, whatever it is you do. And uh, we we took your scopes off and you got given a Falcon scope to put on there and the first yep. one you had to shoot 100 metres and then run around to 1,000 metres and first one on target won mm-hmm. uh, the scope to give away, which I'm still... I'm not sure Nick's given that away, but anyway, we'll we'll chase that down. And so we then did, uh, a few months later, we filmed a follow-up challenge to it, uh, which was in December 2019. God, gee. Yeah. Anyway. Different day back then. Different day. And then, of course, everything (laughs) happened with COVID and and, uh, we started editing and then hit some snags. Anyway, we we finally Mm. have got back on the... I say we. Josh has Josh. finally got back on the uh, on the the, the horse. Yeah, mate, know. took you long enough. <laughs> and he uh, he has uh, put together a pretty good looking video yeah. uh, from the the challenge. And so, uh, Andy, do you want to do want to sort of talk about what it was in in, in principal detail? In principal detail, is that some um, phrase that's ever been used? Look- <laughs> Oh, should I say it was loosely based on a drinking game? You can say that because it was. <laughs> okay. the, I mean, the the bit that was missing out of the drinking game was the drinking. So I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was that's no alcohol. No. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's called the Centurion Challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, one shot every minute for a hundred minutes. Yep. Um, that, that's, should that that's where the, we, that's, that's maybe where we leave it? Is that the end of it? <laughs> yes. So wind was definitely a factor. There was there was <laughs> eight shooters, uh, and yeah, there yep. was uh, there was some rules that you you had a, a hundred yep. targets, hundred different yep. targets, and you had to move to the next target each time, mm-hmm. uh, and you couldn't take any more than one shot in a minute. This was you, at two hundred at two hundred meters, yep. and you couldn't skip any shots either. That's it. And I tell you what, we uh, oh look, let's put let's yeah. put some of those disclaimers out straight up. <laughs> The predicted forecast for that day was around 47 degrees. Mm. Mm. We were like, well, we need to get this done. We've got some dudes from interstate who are here. Mm. Let's start at like 8 in the morning or yep. 7 in the I think we were up there at 7. Yep. And I think we started filming about 8.30. Mm. And I tell you, what, how was that mirage? Toast. Oh, the mirage was wavies. <laughs> <laughs> wavies? Wait, wavies. Is that a w- – okay. It was wavies, yeah. Yeah, okay. It was no, way, there was, there was way plenty- not visible. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of um, – Plenty of squiggles. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it was squiggle town. Definitely, it was. Uh, anyway, but these. Uh, Wait, these what do you mean mirage at two hundred meters? It's not a thing, is it? <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people didn't do so well. Let's no. put it that way. We had people mm. bailing for all sorts of reasons. Mm. 
Uh, and a lot sooner than expected. A lot sooner. Well, I remember talking to you guys about it and and saying that we'd done this like this concept mm. and we tried a few different methods of how to do it and mm. really we, we struggled to get much past thirty high thirties, maybe low forties of, yep. of the rounds. Like it's a, yeah, you, like your back starts seizing up because you're laying mm. prone for however long and like you can yeah you can get up for a little period of time but you. you You've got to come back. You can't go too far. Yeah, um, it's amazing how quick a minute goes. Yeah, mm. and so you and if you yeah if you shoot outside the minute, that's that's it. You're gone, and as yep. soon as you're gone, you're out. It's elimination. You yep. no, there's no second chances. Mm. And so uh, it was. Uh, I think it was far more challenging than any of you boys thought it was going to be. Yeah, uh, I was giggling because I knew it's <laughs> tough, and I think that I actually think the people watching the video will be like, ah. Oh, that's that's easy. easy. That's that's easy. I can do that. Yeah, we Which all thought it was easy. I, I look forward to someone doing that mm. um, on a forty degree day with Mirage. <laughs> Forty seven. <laughs> um, and so uh, I think that. Um, but we're, what we're going to do to, mm. to supplement this is we're going to put those targets up on the Impact Dynamics website so people can download nice. them. They can print them off if they want. You yep. say three, but anyway, they'll be there. Um, there'll be sort of a real sort of rough guideline of that, and as well as the app that we mm -hmm. use for the timing side of things. It just mm -hmm did this beep and show this timer. Uh, very, very simple to do. And the uh, – so we encourage people if they're in a position to be able to try it. It's, mm. It is – well, you tell me. I didn't shoot it. Was it good fun? Yeah, oh, yeah. It was really good fun. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's uh, it takes a little bit more focus than you'd, you'd expect and it was a lot easier to mess up than yeah. you expected. Yeah. And if you weren't like sort of on your game for each shot. Yeah. Yeah, you just – Drift off. Well, yeah. There's going to be a couple of little uh, learning curves that we got out of it that mm. I'm going to recommend people. Like, it'll be into the rules. Like, so one, one of the things that we definitely could have done better mm. uh, was we had all, all the paper for everyone was white. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, and yeah. so what I'd suggest if I would have a colour, like, so, you know, you would have green paper for mm. your targets, someone else would have blue paper, someone mm. else had red, some pink and orange, or whatever it was, uh, because there was a lot of shooting other people's <laughs> targets uh, yep. involved uh, because they'd come back on and they, you, because you're under pressure, mm. you don't have the time to um, sort of check like, mm -hmm. oh, like, yeah, that's my target there because we're all up to the same number. Mm. And then you shoot and you're like, oh, hang on, I'm three boards over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. so, I mean, the colours would be good. But then again, like, you know, you want the drama of shooting the yeah. wrong target. And yep. Anyway, so there's some surprises in there. There's a few uh, what people thought. There's a few people who thought they did really well who mm -hmm. then went down range to mm. check and realised they didn't. <laughs> and there's a few people who perhaps pulled the pin a little bit too early. Yeah, that spin drift will get you. <laughs> <laughs> 200 metres, it sure will. <laughs> um, so anyway, so that's, that's uh, coming out. That's yep. I'm looking forward to that going out. That'll be uh, sometime in May, mid-May. And if people see a before and after oh, photo of me, I look completely different. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do like a, a before and then after, like how it was and how, how it's how yep. it's going now, because mm. <laughs> uh, things have improved for That's you it. from a uh, a visual point of view. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> took took I mean, me a few edits to go. Oh, hey, that's Andy. I know him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Quick you blur were, out the face, blur let's, it. <laughs> let's just say you were a true blue Creedmoor shooter back then. Oh. <laughs> 
I'm still a Creed Boy shooter. I know, but you looked the part back then as okay. well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, <if laughs> Fair that enough. makes some sense. So, anyway, that's mm-hmm. coming out. Stay tuned for that one. The Impact Dynamics mm. channel. Well, no doubt by the next episode, we'll have a bit of a breakdown of some of the uh, mm. some of the things that went wrong at uh, some of the. Yeah, we'll definitely. start talking about it. So, uh, mm. guys, when that when that drops on the Impact Dynamics YouTube channel, make sure you go and watch that, and then we'll, uh, we will be talking about some of the things that uh, didn't, <laughs> didn't quite work out. Anyway. Oh, good. Mm. Excellent, mate. Well, uh, what's next on your shooting agenda? Oh, we've got our challenge thing, haven't we? We've got our what? challenge in the Rimfire comp. Oh, yes. Yeah, although yeah. we've probably got, we've probably got oh. a uh, podcast between then and now. But yep. uh, to reiterate, I've got to get 30% of your score at uh, the next Rimfire match. Is that, is that right? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> I've cottoned on to you now. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was Don't the other stop, way. You can stop recording now, Josh. We're here. We don't need to. I was trying to get in. Anyway, uh, 70%. I have to get 70% of your score in the next Rimfire match. Yep. Uh, otherwise, we uh, you clean my guns or I clean your guns, depending who loses and wins. Yeah, we'll clean each other's guns. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get Kenneth Dave. <laughs> All right. I'm, oh. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Impact Dynamics.